Hey friends, if you know me, you likely know that I have a sweet spot in my heart for veterans. My father has a purple heart and the scars to show for it. Just recently, I learned that a common side effect of PTSD is hoarding. And those of us with aging parents have seen how quickly a lifetime of memories and keepsakes get stacked in boxes and closets, causing more and more clutter and stress over time. My friends at Florida Ceiling Home Healing are helping hundreds of folks, veterans included, in residential and commercial settings with decluttering, packing, organizing, itemized liquidations, and even biohazard and hoarding cleanup. They are offering a 20% off discount to our listeners here at Shock and Y'all. So you can learn more by calling 424-272-8892 or visit their website, www.fchhspaces.com. You can also text Nicole 20, your full name, your phone number, and email to that same phone number, 424-272-8892. You'll receive a 20% off discount just because you're a Shock and Y'all listener. My friends, we are not meant to do it all alone. The team at FCHH is here to help. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Shock and Y'all, a podcast about our mental and physical fitness, spirituality, and your big, bold life. I'm your host, Nicole Shaka, and I am so grateful you're here. I train bodies for a living, but I'm even more interested in harnessing the mind and elevating your spirit. Every week, I'm speaking with exceptional humans or experts in their field, or folks who genuinely have a unique and valuable insight we can all benefit from. So get cozy or lace up your shoes, or keep your eyes on the road. And let's drop right in. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to Shock and Y'all. I have Lisa Haim today. This is a treat because she's been on a social media hiatus for about six months, which has been devastating for us, but absolutely transformative for her. We talk about what it's like to remove yourself from social media, to integrate source with a capital S into your body and daily experiences, the performative nature of grief, and our shared love of fascia. She also shares about her 20 hours in Mexico, booby traps, and the benefit of turtling up at times. She's brilliant. She's funny. She's going to bring you so much insight, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's dive right in. It's Lisa. It's Lisa Haim. Y'all, oh my God. Y'all, y'all, if you don't know this, she's been on a hiatus for 10 years. No, feels like it, just six months. But um, I have to read the intro that I wrote for Lisa. Please stand by. Lisa is pure gold. I'd like to say Mm -hmm. I found her, but she found me, which still to this day is one of my greatest surprise blessings from the universe. We've been internet friends for nearly five years, but only just met in person two months ago. When I tell you Lisa is smart, I mean wicked smart. When I tell you she's super fashion conscious, but also doesn't give a shit, it's just both and. And when I tell you that her ability to freestyle dance and exude the confidence only given to apparently herself and J-Lo, that still doesn't do it justice. When I tell you that her mind is as expansive as her heart, it's true because her heart knows no bounds and she is golden through and through. Welcome, Lisa! Hello, that was the best intro ever and um, Mm. really makes me feel seen. In I, that's all, all I want. the dimensions that I am. <laughs> and there are a lot of dimensions. To there you. are a lot. 
(laughs) And it is really crazy that the internet somehow pulled us together. We don't even know how. I don't remember how. No, I know how. I was sitting on my sofa. I know exactly what happened. I was sitting on my sofa and I get a message from you on one of my stories. And you're like, you're the funniest. I am so glad I just found you. It's an immediate follow. I don't know who you are. I don't think we even have friends in common. You're like, but I'm going to. And I was like, how did I find you? That I don't know. You just saw that's what I don't know. Stories. Greatest wow. blessing. Because then immediately totally. I did a little, you know, self stalking. I went through your feed and I was like, oh, this one, this one is a keeper. <laughs> Thank God. Um, if you do not know Lisa, I don't know where you've been, but she is a legend on the interwebs and she oh. has taken it's true and she's taken a hiatus for the last six months. So I have a lot to ask about that because. Not only in that time has she gone through some um, personal hurdles, I would say, you know, with herself and with her daughter and other things, um, but the self-excavation, I think, that you've been dealing with is what I really want to talk about because you have been such a public figure with such a beautiful, profound message and voice around uh, disordered eating and living your best life and motherhood and all the things that, I mean, she's a registered dietitian. She's a multi many, how many hours, thousands of hours now yoga teacher. She's all these things. But when you pulled away from the world and you, did you call it, what did you call it? Turtling? For you, when I was suggesting that you should turtle up, you mean? Turtle Uh, up. Yeah. Turtle up. Turtle up. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Anyway, I, um, I guess my first question is, have, have you missed us? Hmm. Good question. So, you know, you call it like a hiatus. And initially I went off of Instagram and social media, both for professional and personal use. Like I wasn't looking at the apps. I um, wasn't uh, posting. I wasn't doing any of it, all, all of them. And I really wanted to make like a concerted effort to use none of them. I'm no stranger to like breaks, but I was like, I last year was really rough for um, a lot of reasons, which possibly we'll touch on. But if we don't, that's Okay. But nonetheless, just went through a very bumpy um, first half of the year and was like, need to turtle up and take three months off for summer. And this was the first time that I ever took off of also work. So I stopped podcasting. Um, I like all of my different facets of my work. I was like, I'm just going to not try and do anything. And as soon as I did, it became obvious that I was going to need a lot more than just three months. And as the, the, the months kept turning, I just started to feel... I've said this a lot this past week as I've kind of gotten some clarity. Um, I like softened into being lost. So like in the beginning, it was like, I'm lost. And then I was like, okay, this feels good because I have three months to do this. That's what I gave myself. But then I was like, but there's a time limit. You know, you better figure it out by the end of the three months. And then the the three months came and I'm like, I'm not ready. So like I kind of dove back down. And there's been were a few instances where I kept doing that and staying with it. And each time I stayed with it, like doors were opening for my own self insight that I otherwise would have never gotten to should I have come back up. And um, all of a sudden, like staying lost became found, <laughs> except for like there was no found. There was no like, OK, this is it. And, um, you know, like like that that trophy that you get at the end of like a really hard time. It was just like, this is it. And that was like really not to be too like yogi, but like a feeling of like equanimity and peace, like with, with what is. 
So it was never meant to be a hiatus, but it ended up becoming a, I don't know if I'm ever coming back. And the date of like me recording this with you right now is the day that I have posted one story online so far. And I will never, I don't think I will ever be coming back in the way that I was. I still have all the question marks. So even though I am kind of reemerging onto social media and doing podcasts with you and um, maybe starting to put out some of my own content right now. This is not like, okay, I needed six months. Now the six months is over and I have all the answers and this is who I am now. Like admittedly, it's so many questions for me and I'm not going to pretend otherwise for the sake of business or ego or any of that. Um, and so that I can keep going on this journey, but also emerge when it feels good or talk to people like you. So the question was, did I miss you guys, you and all of you? And the parts of it was like hard. No, it's, you know, my life, life, people's lives become so filled with what is actually around them when you're not on your phone, looking at what everybody else is doing, regardless of if you are somebody that like has FOMO or not, it's just, you become more witness to what's around you. And that is what fills your brain. And then the other side is big time. Yes. Um, I missed, of course, you, the friends that I've made online that are um, experts in just like soul friendships. And then also like my community of people that have always cheered for me and have also provided a place for me to process all the parts of my life. Um, for me, the internet has kind of, it, it was, and I grew into using social media as a way to process like the journey and less so like, I know you announced me as like a registered dietitian and all these things. And yes, that is what I was, but I always shared from a very like open heartfelt place. And it was kind of like an online journal um, that has its pros and cons, but it was almost like, how do I process without process processing publicly? So right. that was also a, a challenge for me without having people to also like converse with about it. <laughs> so it's a big, no, I could keep going and like, I want people to know that a life without social media can exist. I think a lot of people don't know that or they don't feel that. And you can still sit, stay up to date on news and relevant things, um, even without knowing like what's trending on Amazon or having like your influencer discount codes. But then there's there's also something really beautiful about it when it is in its you know highest good, when it's serving yes. its highest good. For sure. That Long is another answer. Thing. It's a beautiful answer. That is one of my favorite things about you. No one does social media the way you did it. And when you say it was like an online or public journal, that's that's what it felt like. But it was coming from such a thoughtful place. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm feeling my feelings. And today I had a dream about frogs. You were just going deep and you would dissect and Again, I keep using the word excavate, but it just felt like there was this consistent self-exploration that felt thoughtful and purpose-driven and needed because it was a voice. Sorry, not to put pressure on you, but it felt, huh, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But it was needed because people, I would go to your feed or watch your reel and then I would sit with your caption and it would change me. It would alter the way I thought about something almost all the time. And same with your emails, same with your emails. She just sent an email out today because she went to Mexico for 20 hours. No big deal. She had to do a little research for her me treat. We'll talk about that later. But the, the email was about source. And I got all kind of jazzed inside because the minute somebody starts talking about source and you said, I'm copying, I'm writing, um, I wrote it down and said, 
It said, how you, how source it, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing source is bigger than us all. But you, when you came back to your life after 20 hours, there were booby traps. Mm. I love that you said that. And I was wondering if you could elaborate on booby traps. Yeah. So in, I think okay, I started calling certain things, rat traps and certain things, booby traps, but oh. rat traps in therapy and, but yeah, they're, they're a little bit different, but booby traps came here. So basically um, what would happen is when we go on um, vacation, right? Most of the time we're like on vacation mode and then we come back to our real life and they're just like totally separate entities. Mm. And I wasn't on vacation for Mexico. It was like you said, a work trip. I had to do my research, but nonetheless, like I, 20 hours in Mexico changed me a little bit of a Mexico goes a long way. And I think that they should make that their tagline. Oh. They don't have to pay me for it. Okay. T the tourism board, if they want to throw me an avocado, I'll take it. Take it. But yeah. But other than that, like I, I did not, I expected this trip, which was all me and my, my co-host could fit in with our mother responsibilities to leave me so deplete, exhausted and cranky. And I walked out of Mexico, a fierce feminine B-I-T-C-H, like on fire. And I came home to the place. New York is home for me as much as I fight it and hate it. Like this is really the only place I can see myself living mm. sort of, but regardless, this is home. Besides this Mexico. is home for me. <laughs> Besides Mexico. This is home for me. And it's also the place where the people, situations, dynamics, even the weather really trip me up. And that's what I referred to as like the booby traps. Like you come back to all the things that strip you of your connection to source. So in Mexico, yeah. like um, we are hosting the meat treat, which we can talk about in the jungle. And me and my co-host, like we spent so much time, like trying to put into words what happened when we visited this specific space. And what it was is like, it was like direct connection to um, source. The part of you that just like ignites your life energy clears the channel. And all of a sudden, like you are the most fierce version of yourself, but also like nurturing version of yourself. It's not like roar, roar, roar. It's like roar, but also like all of that, like alchemy that is in all of us women coming to the surface that is by design, you know, stolen from us in our modern worlds by mm. the way that we live, by the way that we eat, by the way that all the things, right? Yeah. So yeah. You know, I walked home. I'll, I'll try to be as non-specific as possible, but certain family members of mine were already at my house, and um, I, I just like walked in, and, and just all the people that really do shake me. And when it, I walked in, and I just like brought that energy with me, and I swiftly just like pressed everything aside and continued. And I, it's a few days now. I'm continuing to like fan the flame. Is that like to build up the flame or put yeah, it yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fan to the build flame. the fire. Yeah, yeah. Like make it bigger. Yeah. I'm it's it's such a cultivation to stay connection connected to self in the environment where it's often stripped of us, you know? So I don't know if I answer if I said that correctly, but the booby traps are the things that like we accidentally step into that that strip us of that. The rat traps are um what I am acutely working with in therapy. And my therapist and I came up with that word and we both really like it. So I'll share it. Yeah. Um please for anybody that is finds themselves very acutely triggered. So not like easily triggered, not like everything in the world bothers you, but those certain things that like just get you. And mm. I work really hard on, um, you know, taking the pause between the stimulus and the response. And I'm really good 
not to toot my own horn at that compared to the regular person because I have refined that skill and I have, you know, changed the way my brain operates. But there are certain triggers that no matter how aware of them I are, and I know exactly where they're placed, when it gets near me, it's a boom, boom, like I'm done. I am the rat in the trap and it doesn't matter how aware I am, how much I've tried to change, it gets me. Um, and I, and I can, will continue to work on said rat traps, but I feel like it's a really good way to describe what possibly happens to uh, a lot of us in triggering situations that we are really aware of and yeah. we still get, you know, taken by them. I love rats, the visual. The I mean, not of you I mean, being in the trap per se. I would never want to see that, but it's, it's perfect. It's just like so fast, right? It's just like, were you aware of your rat traps prior to leaving social media? Do you think you might've been blinded by the distraction of your business and the, just all the things that were different prior to you leaving? I just feel like you've made such a transformation. Oh, thank you for seeing me. And I mean, I, I feel even weird being interviewed by you because I want to just talk about you and learn from you. <laughs> I've been in therapy my entire life pretty much on and off. So like, since I was a child, I've never like been somebody that feels stigma with therapy. Um, and I have been with the same therapist for over five, six years now. We took some breaks in between there, but, um, about six months after I gave birth. So my postpartum, I went back to her cause I call her like the big dogs. And I was like, I need the big dogs. Nobody else will do. Like I need to, yeah. you know, be, be working through this. And we went like that for about um, a year and a half until this past summer when I took off. And then I continued with therapy and there was a distinct, there is a distinct difference in what has happened in therapy as I took a break from social media and work than any other time. So perhaps that is why, like I was able to really um, dive deep and unlock parts of myself that I otherwise didn't have access to. Right. And maybe it was just like having more time even to like sit with self. Um, when I first went off social media, I became, it, it, it was a overall very pleasant experience. Uh, but the first couple of weeks, months was actually very not just because when you don't have all of the distractions and filler time to scroll, to post, to this, to that, what are you left with? Like you're left with yourself, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, I'm feeling this. Let me just go on social media. And then the brain moves on. And in theory, that could be a good thing, but it's, it's not, it's, it's really just steals from your own knowing about yourself. So it was very itchy at first to like, keep coming back to self and coming back and coming back and coming back. But I do owe the fact that it hasn't consumed me in all of the ways. So the fact that therapy allowed me to get to this like complete next level um, with the same therapist. And there was no alternative types of therapies being employed. There was not a new therapist. There was nothing like novel about the experience other than I had more space to go all in. Mm. Um, yeah. That's the key though. You know, it, somewhere when you were just sharing that, I thought I saw this comedian you know, I love my comedy. I saw a stand-up comedian and he was talking about mindfulness and he's like, mindfulness. No one mentioned that word when I was growing up. Cause you were on a bus watching condensation drip mindfulness. <laughs> and I was like, 
for real though. Mm -hmm. It's all that space and time that we had. And I, I mean, I'm older than you. So I, I, I don't want to ask how old you are. I'm 44. So I had plenty of time without a device. And I do remember that vividly. I remember sitting there thinking, this is a lot of time to, to be with myself. And I mean, that was in my early, I guess that's high school, college times. But I would, because I wasn't even on Facebook appropriately, like appropriately. When it became known, I, I didn't join at all. I was busy doing other things. I was busy living. But it's interesting because- I Go for it. Yeah, it's. I think that there's such a missed opportunity to metabolize your own day by way of, and it's not to say that without social media, we were doing it. Like we still, you know, I, I'm 36 to answer your question. And, um, you know, it's been really like omnipresent for, I'd say the last 15 years, at least like in the way we're using Instagram, Facebook was very consuming, but it was like mostly done on the computer, right? The phone, you're walking down the street, you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Totally like I'm different. sure we were still going to bars and, you know, drinking our sorrows away, not being with self in the same way, but, um, there, there really is something to all humans having time to metabolize their day. And another thing that really, um, the, one of the reasons I really also wanted to go on this break was because I really wanted to be present with my daughter. Um, she was sick, very sick twice in 2023, the first half and not to be, um, and especially sensitive to you, but as you know, like when you are faced with mortality or, uh, the thoughts about mortality mm -hmm. in a way that feels like it might be real or happening or, you know, or in your case happened, um, your, where you want to be, what you want to feel, how you want to spend your time really changes. Yeah. And so I really wanted to like soak up being with her and not feel rushed by I have to get back to work and I have a podcast to record and I have to write this newsletter. Like I just, if I got stuck in a nap, I just wanted to get stuck in the nap and like let the good hormones, the oxytocin, the serotonin, like all that stuff fill my body without the stress of the cortisol. I got to go. Yeah. Um, and in, in doing so, I, you know, I, I wasn't thrown into motherhood by any ways, but like, I did no research into like parenting styles and learning about a child's brain and all of that stuff. So I really opened my eyes up to um, what children, babies need versus what we give them here. Sorry, it seems like I'm going on a tangent, but I'm going to bring it back in a bow. And I love a, a tangent. It's my tagline. Keep tangent yourself yeah. into infinity for all I care. Yeah. So, you know, so much of whether it's like talking so much so that they're learning from you to um, giving them toys to play with. It's like, actually, children and babies need less. And I'm not going to say I do this. Like my house is piled in with toys. Like I'm not the person saying here, like that I live my life to this purely, but I see the value in allowing for nothingness. Like, don't get me wrong when she's screaming in the back of the car, like I throw her an iPad, but it's also good for her to just look out of the window and, um, take in everything that has happened before. Um, and even in that instance, right, what am I doing when I give her the iPad? Again, these are things that I do. Um, we are living in the modern world and I'm trying to choose the appropriate times to do so. But like when I'm giving her the iPad, I'm not allowing her the time to process whatever came before. When I stick her in front of the TV, the same thing. 
Um, there's also value in vegging out. So please nobody take what I'm saying at like, this is good, this is bad, but just the greater conversation of babies need to metabolize parts of their day. We need to metabolize parts of her day. The busiest person in the world, the president of, of the United States, everybody needs to sit in stillness. That's yours. Hey, 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 hey. And sweat. And sweat. And sweat. Um, uh, to put the pieces where they belong, like unpack it all, pack it back in, organize it in a way that makes sense yeah. so that we're not just like spilling all over the place. And I think that's like what we're really seeing in the most charged political times online, that majority of people are just like spilling or, or like they're, they're like a suitcase crammed and the stuff is just like falling out and then it's falling out on all of us. And then we're taking it in and everybody's just like acting like these big um, messes where yeah. if you could just unpack, pack it all in, take a beat. Things would just be communicated from most importantly, a place of truth, but also like kindness and uh, without force. And then you'd listen better and then conversations would happen and imagine the things. Imagine. Oh my God. I love that you said that. It's that, it's like that, that quote, if you don't handle your wounds, you'll bleed all over everybody else. Mm. It's just a perfect example of the political climate, the, the actually just media in general, it feels like a lot of wounded folks. I'm not saying I'm not being specific here. I feel like everyone has wounds of their own, but just the bleeding out all over everyone. And I don't know. I don't know if that's because of the medium, like we have the ability to go vlog and share and podcast and put our thoughts and feelings out there. Or if it's just, we're all kind of seeing it being done and we're jumping on the bandwagon. You know what I mean? At, at our own, it's a loss for us as a collective. Cause I mm. think just what you just said is so valuable. If you could sit with yourself, for example, since Matt passed, I have not been able to watch TV shows or movies and people are like, have you seen such and such show? I'm like, no, nope, I haven't seen it. It's been four months. And I, um, the minute a show begins where I used to allow my mind to just go with the storytelling, my mind starts talking back to me and it is nonstop. This is, a, but I can meditate just fine, but mm. I can't absorb a show or a movie. It's very interesting. It's, it's all, it's all convoluted now. Things are just, it's just different. I don't know. Why, why do you think that is with the TV? I think in part, it's something that we used to do together and we really enjoyed it. So the shows that I want to watch are shows that I would have watched with him. And a lot of shows, for instance, my favorite show ever, Outlander, Lar Jamie. Lar Jamie and Clark. If you haven't watched the show, you need to watch it. That's my you like it. That's my Scottish mm-hmm. accent. No, you don't look impressed. That's fine, Lisa. Um anyway, I've never seen the show. So oh. let me just put that out. Sorry. I I don't watch a lot of TV because I I just I'm not good at watching TV. Okay. Well, this has like 87 seasons and it's a book adapted for television and it's on Netflix and stars and a hundred different channels, but it is well-written, beautifully acted, time travel, real history, true love. Great, great, great. It's great. You said all my favorite words. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's why we're BFFs. Um, Point is, I can't watch the shows I want to watch because I would have watched them with him. And it would have been something that we did together. That was something like on the weekend, we would watch a show or a movie and we get all jazzed about it. So I think it's more about the lack of connection I have 
now that he's not in the physical. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's not comforting for me anymore. It's not enjoyable for me the way that it was. It's too, it's an open wound. Ha! Huh. Mm-hmm. Bleeding well, all over myself. Well, I just want to say here in this moment that it's your podcast, but um, I have really, I've, I've said this to you before, but what I've, I've always been captivated by your newsletter. So like, you know, that I've been talking about your newsletter, like I've been, I've been handing it out on the streets of New York. Like you got to read this newsletter. You got to read this newsletter, add it for, to learn something, to laugh. It's short, it's sweet. It's the best. Okay. You know that for years, but this recent season of, of newsletter where I learned that, um, you lost your partner, um, Number one is I have so much respect for however you process, whether that's today sharing it all and tomorrow you decide that you need to you know, ride this next wave of grief and put a pin in it all. But what has really taken me and what I think I find most valuable is we even just lost aside, we rarely get into a window about like what life is like in the next generation, right? When I was in my 20s, nobody was like, hey, your 30s are not just going to be about like getting married and growing a family. It's going to involve like crazy growing pains. You're probably, you know, miscarriage for self or everybody around you going through loss. Yep, like, yep. I mean, that's like the color of this season of my life. If I wasn't going through a loss, I have a friend is or another one or another one. Like so much loss in your thirties by way of life and so much life, but also so much loss. And when I look to women in their forties and fifties, like the regular things that are going on with their health, when they share their stories with me, I'm like, thank you for telling me, like, I, we have no idea what's to come. And of course yours was cut short. Um, and one should not be losing their partner at the age that you guys are. But when I look to you, it's like a window into a time that few people ever speak at during that time period, right? People might go back five, 10 years later, a year later, 10 years later, whatever it is and tell the story. But like I read your newsletter and you were like 16 days and I was like, wait, 16 days. And she's talking, and she's talking about this. Like I was eyes wide open because people go through terrible things. Right. And this is a terrible Thing and going through the process with you that you've allowed us to do is not just, you know, hopefully allows us to support you through it, but also just like, God, yeah, like this is how hard life can be. It can be changed in an instant yeah. and it, you just never know. So I've, I've just been so appreciative of how you've shared and it's so different than how I handle really hard things. I'm a big turtler. Um, just like, all right, well, gonna just be in bed for the rest of time. But I also know you have Bo and you've got to keep going for like, it's, it's so many elements of female strength coming through you. Um, and it's, it's more than like one foot in front of the other. It's like, I've just never seen anything so constructive during a time of like deconstruction or The irony here is that my biggest fear in life is death. You can literally, I, uh, from the time I realized my parents could die because they're like my favorite people. I was like, I love you. Don't die today. I love you. And if no one answers the phone, I'm like, so one of you died. So when you die, someone died and they're like, God dang, Nicole. And I'm like, that's me too. Actually. So dramatic. The feeling 
of losing your partner, obviously so different than a parent, so different than any other relationship because it's your entire world is interwebbed, right? From something that you would order at a restaurant to a TV show that you would watch. But I had so much support, Lisa, like out of the gate, the amount of support I had, it felt like it. I was a vessel. I don't know how to explain this without sounding so. It's your podcast. You don't need to put those disclaimers on. Thank you. You're right. I felt compelled to share every aspect of it, which if you had told me this was going to happen, I would have been like, no, no, no. Nicole will need to turtle up and she won't talk to anyone. And there were, there were plenty of opportunities where I didn't talk to anyone. I cried on my floor for a few hours alone in my room. I don't know what happened outside of there. My, I have no idea what happened. Um, but the majority of the healing for me was being able to share the way Matt has presented spirit and source or whatever you want to call it from the afterlife, like in on the other side, the way he's shown up in my life to not only guide me and direct me and motivate me in death is bananas. I, I don't have, I don't know how to make it make sense. Well, I think you said like, ironically, the thing you're most scared about, but I think it's also funny because you're also a yogi and mm -hmm. so much of yogi is, yoga is practicing death and becoming, com and I think that probably those who are most scared of it, me too, right, are are also most attracted to yoga because we poke at it a lot. Yep. Um, Great word. Right. Like, and totally and to, to the point where sometimes as I continue to study yoga, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like I don't want to, maybe I don't want to be recently. Like as we were like learning about the sutras for the 800th time in yoga, I was like, maybe I don't want to be a yogi. Like this is too much to actually be okay Embody. with oh, yeah. death. Right. At every single day and see it as just is and part of nature. It's like, yeah, I could say it's part of nature, right? But then you're a, you're a mom or a wife or a daughter. And I am not, I can't because those are the the structures around me that I, right. I love so much. And then we I grip onto those and right. not supposed to grip. You're supposed to, you know, be practiced on attachment. There's there's so much there that that challenges in the like body like the body my or soul from the soul i should say because it's like from within me but it's not like cognitive sure cognitive i understand these things but body there's a gripping and it's not like just that it's it's like the soul gripping at that but my question for you is since then have you become more you know you've worked with mediums have you become more this is my last question towards you because i know <laughs> you're supposed to be interviewing me i think she's a natural podcaster you, people she's got to get back have you become more comfortable with death? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. That is. Um, so when I, when I found Matt, um, the level of horror that took over my body at that point, I mean, I think that's pretty, it's to be expected, but immediately I started conversing with him. And I was like, oh, if this is what's happening, then I'm going to need, I'm going to need you to talk to me every day. I'm going to need signs every day. I'm going to need you. You're going to have to come in so hard, like every single day with your signs and your communications and your weird, like bird shit, like it's going to have to happen. And it did literally the next day. It was like game on game on. And it hasn't stopped. <laughs> and in that, the validation of that, the confirmation that 
whatever death is, is a gateway into what we don't understand. It literally is not the death that we are accustomed to understanding or what we've read about in a book where it's just this dying end all. It's not the end. It's literally not the end of it. It's Uh the end of what we know here, but there's something so powerful and vibrant and Yeah, no, I, I feel it through you and it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's like the magic that we were allowed to believe in as a child validated as an adult, but in a, it's packaged up differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope no children are listening to this. You know, like the tooth fairy is real. All those things <laughs> are real. That's and, uh, it's here. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I feel like that it's also been really cool to see you just like plow forward with like what's coming through you and through your eyes, through your soul and not worry about like, Oh, people follow me for movement tips and for cars, you know, and you're just like giving it. And really a lot of people have really strong opinions about death, about, you know, working with psychics and you've just like plowed through it, creating this like intersect between um, what a lot of people, you know, didn't come to hear and, and now they're hearing and like it or leave it type of thing. Like it or leave it. Exactly. And I mean, I've lost like seven, 8,000 followers on TikTok cause I'm not posting about mobility anymore or for now I'm not. Um, but the, the other thing is I would have judged, I would have been the one who's like, Oh, you're going to go to a psychic. Like you're going to go to your tarot cards. You're going to find, I would have been like, okay, well, you know I mean? That's one way to look at it. And the minute he passed, I'm like, anybody know a psychic? Anybody got any mediums on mm-hmm. on speed dial? Because like, I'm ready to communicate. I'm ready to talk. I'm not done. I'm not done. Mm-hmm. The beauty in that is I have had, and I've mentioned this in my emails, I probably have five to seven mediums in my circle that I was not, A, I wasn't aware that they were mediums and they don't talk about mm-hmm. it. They don't make, it's not a career for them, but it's a lifelong thing. Wow. All of them sharing the same messages. They don't know wow. each other. They're all over the world. And I, that's just validating in ways I can't explain. It's It just makes my heart hopeful and happy and full body chills. And I just feel like I can breathe again. I just want to share this for anybody who is going through a loss similar to yours in any way. Um, my best friend is totally not spiritual. She is like, that stuff is crazy, blah, blah, blah. She lost her dad um, like a year and a half ago. And the first thing I said in the, like the couple of weeks she was grieving and I was like, I've had a medium on my podcast. I've never actually seen a medium myself, but had a medium on my podcast, a psychic. And I just like love that world. And I was like, you've got to see a medium. And she was like, was like, absolutely not. Long story short, she called me last week for whatever reason, a year and a half later, she found herself at a medium and she's like, Lisa, it was amazing. She said, and like, it was so validating for her. So I just, for anybody that's like a skeptic or um, like, not into it like hard no like evan my husband is like a hard no on these things like just open your mind to learn because it seems that i've witnessed through friends there's so much comfort in mediumship and connecting through that way that you might be in need of that's all i just want to and you don't know what you you don't know what you need until you're in it that's another important fact because like i said and i understand evan like the science of it, what really adds up here? Is it all a game? Is, you know, is that just, is it all a show? But the minute you have a conversation with a medium, if they're really good, if they're really worth their salt, 
the Laura Lynn, who I just I call her my best friend. We're we're not. I'm going to meet her for the first time on Friday. I'm so excited. Um, but she's the author of Signs. She's the one that I had the two hour conversation with. The very first thing out of her mouth is she's like, I am not God. I am not the voice of God. She's like, I need you to understand that what I'm experiencing experiencing is my um, relation with the other side. She goes, and I will only share what is of your highest good. She's like, and that's usually all I receive. So it's like the other side wants you to succeed. It's like the other side wants you to be healed and to move on and to move through it so that you can live your fullest life. And I feel honest to God that Matt sprinkled that over me literally the day he passed, the the day it all went down. I feel like that was um, part of it. This is part of it. Did you see that thumbs up? Just Did it happen again? Next to it? What is that? Oh, you want to see something scary? You've been yeah, off the internet that? a minute. Big brother. What is this? This is called Zoom sends out emojis when you do certain things. Congratulations. No balloons? No, that's fine. Oh, balloons. Oh my. No. Yeah. It, uh, it's scary. Balloons. Mine doesn't have this. All right. What? All right, sorry, it just scared me. No, I haven't seen that. No, yeah. Function. If you're listening, like, it's because we're we're on Zoom. And when you make these hand gestures on Zoom, I guess if you're updated. Well, I thought maybe it was Matt because I was like, you are getting a thumbs up next to your head. <laughs> Matt. Matt is very good at signs. He does he does uh, miraculous things all the time. All the time. Mm. Okay. I want to do one more thing. I want to ask... Um, how are we doing? Oh God. I mean, like we got to wrap it up. Son of a biscuit. Okay. We, keep going. we, keep we didn't going. even talk about fascia. Um, I want to know when I was on your podcast and we were talking about mobility and joints and what have you, and you were, you, I think you had just completed some fascial course or you were doing something related to fascia. Do you still mm-hmm. dabble in this? Um, I will forever remain obsessed with fascia and it's become so um, much more trendy, but Okay. So for anybody listening, fascia is like the connective tissue that envelopes all the parts of your body. And yet it's like newly-ish discovered and researched, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I've always found it very interesting because I've always carried physical pain in my own body, despite being 36 now. Like, I think I've had body pain that I could remember since I was like 20. So in my research, I came to learn about fascia and um, the different ways that would, you really want to loosen like your fascia essentially and add moisture to it and on all of these things to feel like juicy and good in your own body. Um, but the modalities that we do don't often do that. Sometimes they go against the grit. I'm not an expert here. So sorry that if my language is incorrect, but they go against, um, supporting healthy fascia or they don't even touch it at all. Like certain mm-hmm. types of massages, right. We're dealing with the muscle, but we're not dealing with the protective layer. Anyway, some of the best body work that I've ever gotten is called myofascial release. And it is incredible because it really gets into the fascial restrictions. And what comes of that is not just physical release, but also emotional release. And all of that to me just serves as more information about the body, about where you're holding. Um, and it's one of my favorite modalities. What I was training in was my first yoga training was um, a, a regular 200 hour, but I did it with somebody that just focused on bringing the fascia into the conversation. So the type of warm ups that she would do incorporated uh, slow, long holds, 
to open that up before moving into the the flows. So that's what I was doing, I think, at the time that we recorded our podcast. My recent yoga trainings have not had any emphasis on that, but it's still something that I'm very interested in. And yeah, there's just so much more to get into um, research-wise. And it's just really, Mm -hmm. I think, the beginning of that whole conversation for the, the body world. And I love it. I remember in my very first yoga training, uh, James, my my teacher, showed us, uh, it was footage from a dissection, or maybe an autopsy actually, but it was two different, two different humans who had spent their lives completely different. One was an avid athlete and the other one was just sedentary. And when they opened the body, when they looked at this, the fat, the fat, the fascia or fascia, uh, I say can fascia, I say? but it could be fascia. Yeah, we can go fascia. I don't. I think that both could be right. All right. I always said fascia, but I know you just said it like that. Fascia. 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 So the fascia of the athletic person was, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Spider webby, but mobile and like mo- you could mm. see it moving and glistening, and it was just like it was actually beautiful. The fascia of the sedentary person was like concrete. Mm. thick and so you can only imagine how the body would feel how the human would feel in a body where the fascia is Mm -hmm. so tight and restrictive versus this other person where it was just like lubed up and glistening and and pliable and just it was remarkable it was Mm. a really cool video to see yeah and you know prior to discovering quote-unquote fascia, fascia, the researchers or people that, you know, examine bodies and, and learn from, from that used to just like pull all the fascia out and and just like put it to the side as garbage. Like it was just this thrown away part of material that they didn't realize. And meanwhile, it's like the second brain and it houses so much from the nervous system to mobility to a million other things. Again, like it's not my top expertise, just something that I'm interested in, Same, same. but it holds so, so, so much. So, um, and you don't need to just get myofascial release to release yours. Like you can do movement to release it, but um, it really is a different type of thing. But yeah, I think there's there's so much there. It reminds me, I mean, because it's like the mycelium network, right? Of the yeah. what's underneath in the ground, the, in the soil system and in the, like the, the way the mushrooms and the fungi speak to each other. It's the same thing. And the way the trees look, right? When you look I, at the fascia, it looks like the trees. It looks like the branches mm-hmm. of the trees, which look like the lungs. It's just all... There's more going on than there's a lot more happening. Really in the world eco ecosystem for sure. Yeah. My friend Tracy was telling me that trees communicate with each other. Like if one is in danger, uh, that's new information to me. But again, like we as humans, we think like, oh, we walk this earth, we're in charge, but there's so much going on in nature at all times. I guess I've got a little a little crazy since my uh, break. I'm like, and I am one with the trees and the nature and not crazy. You're just you're reverting back to where we all should be. Because we've gone way astray, I think. Maybe. I'm also just like feeling very okay with like not being a crowd pleaser. So if somebody's listening to this episode and I'm not wowing them, that's okay. Like that's something that I'm, I'm, you know, working through or even possibly different, but the same. Like if I leave this misunderstood, I'm okay with that. (laughs) There's just a lot of pieces of self that through journaling and therapy I I didn't realize I was holding on to these these parts of myself that were holding me back and causing me to become performative rather than um, embodied when mm. being. I love this. I love it for you. You feel so 
what's the word grounded is not it but it's like you're just in yourself it literally took Mexico it took 20 hours in Mexico on top of the six months of work I swear because I was just like I was I was in my booby traps here still <laughs> I swear I really yeah. think that like going and maybe you live in a place listener that like has more available elements of ocean and yeah, salt and I do yeah and I have right I don't so like just getting out of here for a minute just it felt like we called it like fire by baptism me and uh, Tracy as we were talking about like the retreat and what we want to host but it was just like a quick psh, just being there and not and being away from this the source it was just the source right it just connected me to source and, and I brought it through but three days ago I don't feel like I had the same open open channel feeling uh -huh. that I have during this interview and I'm sure it will fade as I continue to live in my modern day world where there's plenty of um just things that disconnect you from self and nature and all of that just the, the responsibilities and tasks that we have to do um but in this moment you're seeing a very clear channeled version of self uh, with confidence and clarity but it is normal I and I expect that to you know fall out at times yeah. and then we refine them and then you know that's just life it's the dance it's the dance so can you elaborate on your me treat? What's sure. happening so, in the jungle? Like what's going to go on down there in that jungle with you? And your yeah. So the concept of the me treat was developed in, it became a business in 2023, but it was a personal thing in 2022. Um, after a year about be, of becoming a mother, I just found myself very like confused. Who, who am I now? And I knew that I wasn't going to find that continuing being home with my baby. I needed like a short window of time to just get away and just feel what it felt like to be me again and integrate the parts of, of, of me that are, that are now mother. Um, so I was really looking for like a couple days away, not crazy far, somewhere easy-ish to get to because too far away would have been too much for me. I think like as mothers, we sometimes like, oh, our babies can't go without us. It's like, we also can't go without our babies. So I, I get anxiety when I'm yeah. away. Um, so I wanted somewhere easy to get to close by and somewhere that I could really like have a schedule full of multiple modalities that connect me to mind, body, soul, spirit, all those things. And I went to go look for that and I couldn't find anything. There were like nice spas, hotels, retreats for thousands and thousands of dollars. And yet they'd offer like one yoga class a day. And the last thing I wanted was like one yoga class a day and then to like be on the beach by myself. There is something beautiful about that. But one year postpartum is yeah. still very raw. And I wasn't in the mental place where being like completely alone would have been the healthiest thing right. for me. Long story short, I made my own version of the me treat where I went to Florida for a couple of days where two of my girlfriends were. And I just built my own schedule around like like pulling from this and this and this from sound bath to yoga to this and that and whatever. And like, I left. So again, like that clear open channel and I had shared about it on social media and people were like, I want to go on a meet treat. I want to go on a meet treat. So I ended up in 2023 hosting one in Guatemala where the general idea is like, we call it like not your stepmom's retreat. That was like one of the taglines where it's not like <laughs> We're going to be drinking cucumber water and sitting at the spa and we'll do you on yoga class. And then you'll have time to explore the town. It was like, this is an intensive immersion inward. We are going to be doing a lot of different healing modalities to 
help you tap into your true essence and help you emerge carrying those parts of you fully integrated. Mm. So that's how it began. And then I'll be hosting one this year in April, April 3rd to 7th in Mexico. And um, we're going into the jungle. So the concept has changed a bit as that one was kind of like, we're calling this one Camp Retreat is the plan. Okay. And it's going to have a lot more nature elements involved, which is why I left Mexico 20 hours later, like feeling like this. The lands that we're working with are Mayan lands. They are really, really, really powerful. Um, And the elements of being in the jungle, we have our our own private cenote on the property, which if you've ever seen it, if you've never not seen Google Google cenote. Okay, we got a bro. We got a bro. We got a bro. Um, so just, just like the, the really working with nature, not just with like, okay, you're at in this foreign land and we're going to introduce you to these modalities. We're going to be working in conjunction with the culture, with the land to, um, really do something. I think that's going to be really, really transformative asterisk on that word, because the purpose of the meat treat is not to transform. It's to come home to self. The real goal is like, it's in you. Let's, let's find her. Let's elevate her. Not like become a new person by the time you leave and get home and accomplish all of your goals. It's like, no, settle so deep into yourself that what you even want for yourself changes and Mm. you're peaceful, like with what is. So I just want to be clear on like my wellness messaging versus possibly potential wellness messaging out there. Um, It's really meant to take you on a journey through letting go being with and then carrying home what you've learned Mm -hmm. uh, in just three to five days so anyway that's where it's gonna be i mean i gotta figure it out i want to go oh we would love to have you if it feels Mm -hmm. good for you given what's going on in your life for real Uh, and tracy is my co-host who i brought originally just for yoga to guatemala this one we are like equal partners in the planning the content and she is Oh, she's my favorite yoga teacher because she's so steeped in brilliance, life wisdom. Um, she has the voice of an angel. She plays the, um, you know, the, the, uh-huh. the, the um, yes. um, harmonium. She plays the Thank harmonium. You. I was about to say accordion. Yeah. The voice of That's- an angel and the fierceness. Like she, she too, she's 44, I think. And I'm 36. And I just like love having women in my life that have acquired this strength by way of age. Like I think a lot of women in their twenties and thirties, and like want to have confidence and they don't know why they can't ask for things and why they're people pleasing. And it's like, that stuff just comes with time, yeah. a yeah. lot of it. And it's like yeah. instinctively, we know that it's something that we're, we're like, we got to fill this bucket. I knew that in my twenties, I cried every single birthday until I turned 30. And I was like, thank God. Thank God I'm 30. Wow. I remember. Oh, no, I didn't. I was like, I don't want to be sexualized. I don't want to have to like beg for this. I don't know why I don't have, why I'm so full of self-doubt. And then by the time I was 30, I'm like, I'm 30 now. So 30. Isn't that interesting? I love how you said sexualized just because it literally starts when a baby is born. I, that is a rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. It's real though. Skip that one for next, for next time. But that for part two. Really, like I think you start to find your voice in your thirties. Like 
that's a long way to go and a lot of interactions to go through in your life and a lot of opportunities where you are, um, you lose parts of yourself because, sure. you know, there's somebody squashed. stepping on you squashed. Yeah. Yep. That's a good word. Yeah. So that's oh. what the meat treat is. And I'm, yeah, we're, we're really, really, really excited about this one uh, just because I feel the, the energy of it all. Oh, this is beautiful. And it's so needed. Okay. Well, we're, um, I, this, I gotta, I'm going to wrap this up, but I do have this. I didn't tell you this at the end. I love yeah. the surprise. I just do a little rapid fire where I'm going to give you some words and then you just give me like whatever comes to mind. Are you ready? Terrified. It's so easy. Happy. Babies. Yeah. I love that. Healthy. Apples. Did you know that know. apples are great to eat before a podcast because they help take away the overproduction of saliva and it's just the right amount of in your voice? Where did you learn that? From my podcast producer. That's, Shout out podcast boutique. Did you eat an apple before this? I had a bite of one. Wow. I love that. I love it too. I thought it was potato chips because I heard one time Mariah Carey ate potato chips before she sang because it does something for her sound. Mm. I feel like I'm going to do the apple thing before, like even teaching a yoga class where like you're talking so much and yeah, the saliva production can be a problem. Yeah. Wealthy. Belts. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I want in life is that the Gucci belt. That's a time. That's a, that's so. That's shallow. what you want in life. I mean, <laughs> like we're, if we're going to talk about belts. All you want in life is the Gucci belt. Yeah. Make your first podcast check. You should go to the store and get Thank one. Thank you so much. Maybe I'll do that. No Maybe one start can with see a little it. I'll wear it. No one can see it in this dumb thing. Okay. Wise. Owls. Or wisdom. Owls. 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 Sorry. That's like a lame one, but that's what I the brain owls. did. Okay. And free or freedom. Just like barefoot. Really bare, like, but barefoot. Oh, yes, you know, that is that so sweet. You... Because <laughs> the feet. Cue your daughter. Cue your daughter. Y'all, her daughter likes my toes. Tell them. We, we, yeah, we read Yoked all the time at home. And there's at the end a picture about the author. You're looking at her here. And she's sitting on a stool with her barefoot. And my daughter's always like, toes, toes. Look at her toes. So it's oh. like an ongoing joke in our house. And now with me and Nicole that we're obsessed with Nicole's toes. Someone... I just was reminded of a memory. This is horrifying. This is why social media is horrifying. Horrifying. Someone's like, I just saw your toes on a commercial and I know they were your toes. And I'm more weirded out that I recognize that they were your toes. It was when I was on the doctors. And there's like these extreme close-ups of my toes while I'm doing like toe mobility. And she goes, I'm more disturbed that I can recognize your toes on a TV screen than I, than I was by seeing your toes. I was like, I am equally disturbed. And I am sorry <laughs> you saw that. Anyway, but really gonna, free the toes, free the toes. I love it. You know, I love barefoot everything. Everyone should take your shoes off, to, shoes off. You should be barefoot while you're listening to this. Mm. what I say, okay, Lisa, you're one yep. of my favorites. I feel honored to know you. And I thank, thank you for, you your for time. having and me. Thank you for, yeah. Thank you for coming out of your turtle shell for this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And if we wanted to find you online, like where would we go? Or should we just not try? <laughs> Too. Um, you can the, the you could check out my Instagram at Lisa Haim or um my Substack, which is my newsletter. 
I'll give you the link to that. And if you are listening, I don't know when this is coming out, but if it aligns, you can check out the me treat by Lisa. And if there's still room, you can apply. This should be coming out before the me treat. So you might have to fight me for your spot, but yeah, check it out. <laughs> I love you. Love you. Thanks Thank for you. Me. Thank you so much for listening to Shocking Y'all today. This is a passion project like no other, and it wouldn't be possible without your support. Please like, download, follow, share, which sounds like a lot, so maybe just one of those will suffice. Please check out my online programming at sweatandstillness.com. Grab a copy of my best-selling children's book, Yoked, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I hope you gathered plenty of light nuggets and personal downloads from today's episode. I will see you next time. Okay, I love you. Bye.